I think that keeping an open mind towards everyone has been really important for myself at least because I did find cool people every single place I went in, every single mat I stepped onto. And it was kind of a shame that they all disliked each other. So, hmm. so, so that was kind of weaved into the, into the early values of, of the Globetrotters project is to like, just try and push that a little bit more to don't be afraid of what's on the other side of the hill. You know, like, I guess it's kind of like a stone age uh, instinct to keep us safe. You know? <laughs> yeah. Stay, stay with your, stay with your own 30 people. Don't, 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 don't go talk to the people on the other side of the hill. They'll definitely throw rocks at you and kill you. you know? So, um, I think it's it's not it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just a survival instinct, but it's also in a modern society in a modern sport. If, if you want to keep an open mind to to the world and the people you you can you can run into, I think, and you need to push that instinct aside a little bit. Some cousins in Brazil once just gave themselves black belts and say, "Okay, this is <laughs> this is these are the achievements that we now all train to to get, like these little pieces of tape and, and colored belts," and um, and, and, and even though it's all just an illusion that's just invented by someone, you know, it's not real outside of, uh, outside of the jiu-jitsu community, then it does give people a true sense of, of accomplishment every single time. And that's not a bad thing at all. I just think it's healthy to take a few steps back sometimes and see it for what it is. I think, I think it's definitely healthy. I mean, th I think anything that puts you outside of your comfort zone uh, is really healthy physically and, and mentally because, you know, that's, that's usually where you grow and where you fix things. Um, and of course, like fighting sports is a, is a very easy way to put yourself out of your, your comfort zone. Today's guest is Christian Graugart, who is the founder of BJJ Globetrotters, a community of people who travel and do jujitsu. And two things that I do, of course, I found that interesting. But what I found even more interesting were his life philosophies. I think one of his goals, I don't think he would put it this way, but uh, one of the... Uh, results of his movement or, or his philosophies were going against the politics in jiu-jitsu um, and which I think you know a lot of what he says is kind of a metaphor or analogous rather to politics in in, in life the us versus them paradigm we spoke about a lot uh, the way that people dehumanize each other or social stratifications all of these things uh, can be seen in uh, in a very highlighted way in the jiu-jitsu community. But you know, even if you don't do jiu-jitsu, I think you, you can see and gain value from his perspectives on how this applies in life. I mean, the jiu-jitsu community with its belts and its rankings and its schools and its uh, lineages are almost like a hyperbolized version of a lot of what we experience in life or see in, in human conflict day-to-day. Uh, -day. So, so even though most of you guys listen to the podcast probably don't do jiu-jitsu, even though I think you should, I think you'll enjoy this episode in terms of uh, Christian's philosophy. Uh, we speak about human nature, we speak about society, travel, and of course, we also speak about physical movement. Right now, you're listening to episode 097, Christian Graugart, BJJ Globetrotter. The Ruando Podcast is an exploration of the unconscious and the game of life. Be sure to visit ruando.com to get a preview chapter of my upcoming book, Infinite Play, and free access to my content library. Enjoy the show. All right. Hey, Christian. Uh, glad we could make the Hi, time. Thanks for being here. Yeah, no worries, man. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I found out about you from my friend, Yvonne, who's, who owns a, drain, a gym in Thailand. He told me about you because I've been traveling around uh -huh. doing jujitsu as well. And um, one of the things that caught my eye, other than just the fact that you're traveling and doing jujitsu, which is, or you did at least, at, you know, or this part of what you're doing, um, was you mentioned something on your website about the us versus them paradigm, which I found really interesting um, mm -hmm. outside of jujitsu, but also in jujitsu in particular. Um, so I, I want to ask you about that. But before we jump into that, could you share a little bit about your, your story and how you started uh, BJJ Globetrotters? Yeah, I... Uh... I'm originally from uh, Copenhagen, Denmark, and uh, so I'm just trying to make sure that my phone is not falling down. I'll make yeah, my, I might just hold it. <laughs> uh, I am from uh, Copenhagen, Denmark, and um, I, uh, I've been doing training jiu-jitsu for like 20 years or so mm -hmm. at this point. And uh, I, 10, 10 years ago, I did like this around the world trip to train jiu-jitsu everywhere. And, uh, as I returned home, I kind of wanted to try and keep that that feeling going for myself, and also see if I could kind of share that with others. And um, that turned into uh, this strange thing, BTJ Globe Charters, which is I'm not even sure exactly what it is, but it's kind of a community uh, 
uh, and it's a lot of things, you know, but it's, it's just a lot of people involved in, I guess, like sharing common values or, you know, uh, yeah. So it just, it just kind of happened as, um, as, as kind of a, a result of me traveling a lot and just wanting to do that more and make that easier for myself and also try to make it easier for others to travel uh, with jujitsu and because I got so much out of that myself. So, um, and uh, Club Tours has been running for like eight years now or something and it's grown to, it's, it's quite, quite big. Um, of course, pandemic year is not the best time to, uh, right. to, to, to traveling and jujitsu is not like the, the absolute uh hardest thing to do right now but um but yeah yeah actually uh, my friend Yvonne told me about you because when I met him in March I had plans on going to all these different European countries and I was just picking places with gyms specifically and I was connecting with people and then yeah pretty much all of my plans <laughs> got canceled this year yeah yeah oh you're not the only one <laughs> yeah yeah um so one thing that's interesting is that I mean 10 years isn't that long ago but both jujitsu and being a nomad weren't weren't super popular back then but now they're kind of like they're very ubiquitous did you expect anything like uh, in both of those worlds to grow in the way they have i mean almost everyone is aware of jujitsu and nomading nowadays yeah i don't think i did anything unique in that sense i mean mm -hmm. even when i was traveling there was a ton of uh, backpackers you know just living out of a small backpack i think that's been i i'm not sure obviously I based this on absolutely nothing, but I, I'm not sure that it was uh, less popular back then to just kind of uh, backpack around the world and do nothing or uh, I don't know. Um, but, um, but yeah, I, I don't think I did anything special in that sense. I think I might've just been one of the first people who did it and also was very good at marketing it in a sense, like mm -hmm. writing a good blog and taking good pictures about it and, and kind of put it out there. But I mean, um, didn't everyone go to China to do Kung Fu in a temple back in the eighties or something? I don't know. <laughs> right. That's right. how I imagine it anyway. So I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure it's anything new or special in that sense, but I might just have been one of the first ones to combine that with some other skills, like, like uh, internet exposure and stuff. So. Fair enough. Um, yeah. Yeah. I guess just now, I mean, I guess in the communities I hang out in, uh, like ever since the four hour work week, there's been such a huge boom in this where it's like almost like a normal lifestyle whereas i think i mean i might have just been unaware it seemed uh way way more rare maybe it's just because i'm american <laughs> but uh, <laughs> i don't know but i mean when i when i i was traveling a lot in asia like uh, back i started doing that in like 2006 or 7 and i was like just surprised i was like oh my there's a lot of people just like just traveling for years you know they were, they were just everywhere in thailand and everywhere i went and uh I was really surprised back then that that was completely normal. But then again, I based that on absolutely nothing. Just uh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was, it was new for me back then. So, uh, but I think like backpacking and, and just like living on the road has been, it's, I don't think there's anything new or unique in that sense. Yeah, fair enough. Um, so yeah. Next year, so it definitely want, is. So. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so I want to ask you about these like values of your community. And I guess they were starting with you. Um, because yeah, the us versus them stood out to me on, on your website. Cause I've, I've only been training a little bit. I mean, only a couple of years and I haven't really noticed it, but there's obviously like, I've, I've maybe trained at maybe 20 different schools and you definitely notice a different culture. No, one's not friendly, but there's definitely a them and us feeling sometimes. Um, could you share a little bit about like what made this like such an important idea to you and specifically with jujitsu, I guess. I think, first of all, I don't think it's, well, I think it's a natural human thing, obviously, like tribalism, where you see that mm -hmm. in everywhere in like corporate world or sports or anything, you know, uh, even in countries or races or uh, cities or you know, everybody's competing. It's completely natural, uh, natural human instinct. Um, in jiu-jitsu, it's been more or less um, intense, I would say. But probably less now, as uh, as I think also jujitsu is kind of moving away from the Brazilian culture a little bit more and becoming more international. But we don't have that much of like tribal warfare in Rio de Janeiro, like uh, in our in our schools anymore. <laughs> My professor once 
uh, got slapped on the beach uh, by some other professor. That, so that's why we hate the school since the 80s or something, you know. Mm. <laughs> it's kind of, that's kind of a weird thing. Um, but I think it's it's way more mellow now. As, as Jiu-Jitsu is becoming more like uh, widespread and, and more cultures in, uh, kind of uh, affect the culture of, of the sport. Um, but obviously, having having traveled a lot, I and and you know every city I went to, I just went into every single gym I could find, and uh, it was always there was always this this not always but often there's this sense that if you went to one gym and you said you had been somewhere else, they were always like, oh yeah, oh these guys over there, you know, and like, mm-hmm. and and I don't think it's necessarily that because these people are are not good good humans <laughs> or good people. It's just I think it's a nat- very natural thing. It's no different than, I don't know, if you're if you're part of a fan group of, of one football team, then it's very instinctual for you to maybe not dislike, but uh, to kind of stick with your own compared to 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 you know the fans of the other football teams. And that's a, that's a very human instinct, I think. Um, in jujitsu, I found this a little bit sad because because I just went to all the gyms and everyone was super cool in every single gym. It's not like one gym, gym had all the nice people and the other gym had all the idiots, you know, mm-hmm. it doesn't work like that. But, but that's often how you could kind of, uh, uh, I think easily, you know, fall for that trap that all your friends, all your possible friends are in this place that you randomly signed up with. And, mm-hmm. uh, and in the other gyms, they're all idiots because you heard some bad stories or something, you know, or they're, they don't have morals or whatever. Um, but I think that's a trap because I went to all the gyms and then they were all super nice. So everybody was super cool. And, uh, and I just found that to be kind of a shame because, because I went so many random places and every single place I found people who like became my friends and they were really nice. And I said, why should I, if I followed the advice of everywhere I went, like people everywhere I went, then I would probably have skipped a lot of academies because they had told bad stories or something about the people mm-hmm. there or the instructors there. And if I skipped those places, I wouldn't have met those people and become friends with them. And they were not, they were not bad guys at all. Um, so, so I've, I've always, so I, I kind of thought I need to push this more for myself and for others that, I mean, you never know where your next best friend is, is going to hang out. You know, he, 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 it's pretty random what academy you sign up at first, you know, like that has yeah. really, I mean, you, you might switch or find a place that, that works out better for you, but most people they just signed up in a sign up in a random place and oh now this is my tribe you know or my family and I'm gonna stick with with these and fight for these people and not be friends with anyone who's randomly signed up in another academy down the street, um, and I think that's a that's a strange trap to fall into because you never know, I mean you never know you never know where you'll find your next best friend so. I think that keeping an open mind towards everyone has been really important for myself at least because I did find cool people every single place I went in every single mat I stepped onto and um and it was kind of a shame that they all disliked each other so Hmm. so so that was kind of weaved into the into the early values of of the Globetrotters project is to like just try and push that a little bit more to don't be afraid of what's on the other side of the hill you know like I guess it's kind of like a stone age uh instinct to keep us safe you know yeah (laughs) Stay with your stay with your own thirty people. Don't 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 go talk to the people on the other side of the hill. They'll definitely throw rocks at you and kill you. you know? So um, I think it's it's not it's not necessarily a bad thing. It's just a survival instinct. But it's also in a modern society in a modern sport. It's really, I mean, if you want to keep an open mind to to the world and the people you you can you can run into, I think, and you need to push that instinct aside a little bit. Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you think people can actually do this on a global scale not to jump i mean i mean in politics we see this uh and it almost seems impossible when you look at the masses and their ability to do this like i'm sure like you didn't have this mission with bjj globetrotters but do you think people can actually shift this way or is it just this is part of our wiring and it's how we are you know it's all it's like it's like when you start jiu-jitsu everybody headlocks each other it's a fucking mm-hmm. bad idea, you know. It's just yeah. bad, bad, bad wrestling. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but you can unlearn it. So, but that's a, that's just another instinct, you know, another survival instinct. Grab the hard drive and squeeze, which is not very uh, proficient usually if you want to learn how to grapple. Um, but you can definitely unlearn these things, and and for sure the same thing. But it takes an effort, you know. I mean, even still for me, I've I've been practicing for 
for many years <laughs> to keep an open mind towards everyone, but it still kind of it, it still takes a little bit of effort to 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 uh, to kind of enter another another tribe, so to say, you know? yeah. uh, and then just and once you've done it, you're like, oh, this is actually not dangerous at all, but there's something inside of you that that's trying to keep you from it. But yeah, the, that that polarization is 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 dangerous. I mean, you see that in countries with only two political parties. You know, you see that in that that happens quite a lot, and it, it definitely gets the worst out in people. So, uh, so I'm I, I probably have a bit more of a hippie approach to that. Like, let's all be friends. And, yeah, I mean, it probably I mean, it takes a lot of energy mentally to go against those instincts. I guess, especially when you're afraid. You know, these these always oh, happen sure. when there's like scarcity and resources or something. Um, yeah. yeah, it takes you have to kind of have a surplus of time and energy to get past this, I guess. I mean, even just showing up for an open mat in a different school, that's kind of that's kind of scary in a sense. Mm-hmm. Not one one thing for yourself, but also, oh my god, what am I? What are my teammates going to think about this? What is my instructor going to say? You know, there's a lot of things, and this is all just primal stuff. You know, what's my what's my group of monkeys going to say? Say this? How are they going to react that I that I go and share some food with another group of monkeys? You know, um, yeah. but at the, at the at the end of the day, we're just grown ups who likes to grapple. There's really nothing more to it. It's like you can you could replace grappling with like kicking a ball around, and then it would be <laughs> it's the exact same thing. You know. Right. Why do you go? Why do you go and kick a ball with those guys? You're friends with us, you know. Like so. Yeah, actually, uh, one of the things that made me laugh in your book it was because um, I, I mean I'm pretty new to jujitsu, but I've traveled around and I, I've been like, man, everywhere other than my home gym spars so hard. I can't believe that every every other school except where I train is hard. And then then I read it in your book. It's like, oh, I mean, I guess I'm the new guy or I'm the traveler. People are and no one, no one's rude to me, but everyone's maybe trying to sh- prove something that their their white belts are better. I don't know. But yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. And that's completely normal, you know, that's and as soon as you start to build a trust with strangers, then you will get get different training you know? mm-hmm. for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, there but it's very normal, especially in a sport where uh, where we have visual indicators for exactly how good we're going to be. And it's divided into uh, 60, 17 different levels of visual indicators. Mm-hmm. So when you walk onto the mat, you can see exactly who you're supposed to beat and who you're not supposed to be. And, uh, and this is in a sense very comforting for, for, uh, for, a, flock of mon- for a group of monkeys because you, you know exactly where you are in the hierarchy. But if another monkey comes in from another, uh, and, uh, from, from the other side of the hill, you know, it's like, oh, is that, then you have to test your, your, uh, the validity of your, of your hierarchy at home. And uh, for sure, if, if you're a three-stripe white belt and there's a two-stripe white belt coming in, it's very instinctual to see I'm, I am supposed to beat this guy. He's not supposed <laughs> yeah. to be better than me, even though it's absolutely ridiculous that you could put a visual indicator on, on someone to, to, to indicate exactly how good they are in the sport, you know, divided by, by, uh, by, by 17 different grades, you know? Yeah, That's yeah I, mean, I noticed that. Thought. When uh, before I had any stripes, uh, there's no pressure, so it was great, right? Like uh, if I took down a blue belt, it was like amazing. But if someone submitted me, who cares? But now, you know, uh, yeah, it's just it's going so, against it's that so, instinct. But that's never ending. That is never right. ending. But it it takes a lot of effort to kind of to kind of get rid of that, you know. And uh, of course, it's bullshit. You, you try to put that in any other sport, and people just laugh at it, you know. Mm-hmm. Imagine like let's say let's say football or tennis or something or golf. If you had like a if you had okay, if you count in black belt degrees, then you have twenty-seven different levels, and this is supposed to uh, to kind of transcribe into into actual real-world skills. Not mm-hmm. even counting that you get older, or injured, or something. You know, have a bad day. You're supposed to perform to that level that's indicated around your waist, and mm-hmm. that's really strange. You know, that makes people do weird, weird things. You know. Like they would, it's it, as you say, you know, it messes even with it, even as a beginner, it messes with your head when you get a stripe or another color because suddenly you have to prove your place in the hierarchy in that monkey group, you know, that is that is yeah. real. Because what yeah. if you're a blue, what if you're blue, what if you're a purple belt and a blue belt beats you, then something is not right, you know, this this is a weird, weird thing. Your your brain starts running, or even if you have you have like three stripes, but someone just started and they beat you and it's kind of like your, your brain can't stop thinking about it and uh that's strange huh? 
Yeah, it is. Um, but also, I mean, I appreciate that. Uh, I mean, I got into jujitsu as a 30 year old, so I'm glad that there's a white belt category, you know, so that, you know, I can at least uh, compete with people in my, uh, you know, range. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean don't, it is, don't get it is me strange. wrong. It's, it's, it's not a bad thing. Like, I think I think there's a lot of value in having this belt system because one, it's a huge, huge motivation for people that we cannot take away from them. And um, and I mean, it is it's a true, real feeling of accomplishment, uh, even the, even though it's just a, an illusion, something we just made up. You know, some cousins in Brazil once just gave themselves black belts and say, okay, this is <laughs> this is these are the achievements that we now all train to to get, like these little pieces of tape and, and colored belts, and, um, and 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 even though it's all just an illusion that's just invented by someone. You know, it's not real outside of uh, outside of the jujitsu community. Then it does give people a true sense of, of accomplishment every single time, and they, that's not a bad thing at all. I just think it's healthy to take a few steps back sometimes and see it for what it is, because it could also be used for bad things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, so you mentioned Brazilian culture, uh, which is one thing. I mean, Brazilian jujitsu in itself is so fascinating because of its cross cultural existence, like. It only existed because these two cultures uh, got meshed in martial arts. Um, but also you've seen Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu players in many different co- countries. I was wondering, and this might be a weird question, but do you know, have you noticed people move differently by culture? Like physically, no? No, no. Okay. Two arms, two legs, man. It's the same. Okay. <laughs> I, so I, I just had the theory that like a lot of the movements in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu could have only been created in Brazil, where like they're dancing in a certain way and like, you know, like jujitsu existed for a long time in Japan, but no one came up with extensive use of the guard or like the omoplata never was created. Like, it's almost like it had to be in Brazilian culture to have been formed. I, I mean, it's just a random no, thought. Maybe I'm off. I, I don't think so, man. Just look at all like, uh, it, I mean, wrestling, uh, wrestling kind of, uh, wrestling and grappling happens everywhere in the world. Right? Like mm-hmm. see the folk wrestling and, and the, all this stuff is like, it's nothing unique to any one culture. It's 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 human nature. It's it's different. It's no different than like uh, than than you know um, animals when they're you know animal babies. They all start wrestling. You know they all start play wrestling as part of growing up, and and it's it's a it's just a natural thing, and it, it evolves everywhere. I don't think culture has anything to do with it. If one thing Brazilian culture has has brought to it is more like the it's it's definitely like. From my theory, again based on absolutely nothing, but um, um, kind of more like a macho culture, like a one-on-one, uh, mm. like a, let's fight it out on the beach, you know, everybody stay back, and it's one-on-one kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I think that that has. A, I mean, if you just just look at the old Gracie in Action videos, you know, mm-hmm. that's kind of that's kind of weird. I don't think it had, had had any influence on the style, but it had a lot of influence on like reality checked like martial arts, you know. Okay. I guess it's more like a hardcore fight culture, but but don't you even think with the one-on-one thing, like like pulling guard is was wasn't really a thing, as far as I know. Like, wasn't really a thing. It's not really a thing in judo. It wasn't really a thing in pre-Brazilian jiu-jitsu. But like, it's only it only really works in a one-on-one fight. Like, you're not going to do that on a battlefield or in like a ten-on-ten fight. Like, don't you think maybe something about Brazilian culture affected the movements as well? Well ground fighting in general is a bad idea against more than one opponent anyway so mm. i'm i'm, I'm yeah. not sure i'm not it's a really really bad idea so maybe maybe when it's a one-on-one and, it, and there's a sports aspect then it makes more sense you know but mm. um but in reality jiu-jitsu is pretty bad for self-defense i would say that would like pretty bad choice if, if all you do is is, be, is start on your knees and roll around on the floor <laughs> and yeah. <laughs> yeah i mean it's not going to defend strikes and, and i, I sport jiu-jitsu is pretty pretty i mean they sold it well but to be honest i mean nobody believes that's the best for self-defense anymore hmm. did you by any chance see this thing i think it was like on 10 years ago um called team fighting league it was like five on five mma it wasn't very uh, popular <laughs> was it like in, was it like in poland or something something like that um, but there, there was one episode where they had um, five uh, Brazilian black belts against five uh, boxers and, you know, the, the boxers won because they could just run around punching like they, some of the guys were pulling guard and getting stomped on and it didn't work. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I mean, I mean, we uh, maybe in the 90s, you know, but but the MMA has evolved quite a lot. You know, and I see the 
the wrestlers are dominating everything, you know, like those who, who, who control the distance and uh, and also no striking. So, I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm never going to fight anyone on the street anyway. That would be pretty stupid. So I'm definitely not like an expert on any of that stuff, but, sure. but yeah. I did see on your on your uh, on your YouTube um, like a remix with Boss Rutten's like street fighting videos. Ah, that's the best. That's the yeah. best. If you if you, you want real street fighting techniques, you've talked to Boss Rutten. Yeah. <laughs> My God, those are the best. Yeah, I've never been in a street fight, but any time I've been in a close uh, something like a hostile conf- a confrontation, I've always ended up in his posture, like head down, like in case someone headbutts me. That's never happened, thankfully. But <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a weird thing. You know, and even I, I get it. You know, I mean, people want to defend themselves, defend themselves. But honestly, if, if your goal is survival, then uh, learning how to fight is pretty far down the list. You know, like mm-hmm. they will also stuff their face with processed food and you know, drive drunk driving and all these things. You know? So anyway, I yeah. Try to stay so that world. Uh, where did your hippie attitude come from? I know it's a weird question, but uh, you know, I mean, I think most people probably wouldn't associate that with a martial art. Uh, did it come from anything in particular? No, I don't know, to be honest. I think in, in general, like Scandinavians are pretty laid back about everything. You know, it's kind of a, it's kind of a safe and easy life there. You know, you don't really have to worry about anything. I mean, I have uh, I have friends in certain part of the world who never leaves their house without a gun, you know, and that's just in case they have to kill someone that day. And it's <laughs> that's that's really far from my reality. I I respect that this is the reality for many people, but um, I don't know. You know, I think also just like I did during that round the world trip and just like meeting so many people, and and I think that that definitely like supercharged that kind of uh, attitude for me. It's hard to say. I don't have like hippie parents or anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, your book, the gist that I got from your book was like just the idea of de- um, not dehumanizing people, of rehumanizing mm. and recognizing that everyone's a person. It actually reminded me of um, I used to drive a taxi in New York for a while, which everyone thinks is like is the most stressful thing. You get angry at each other. There's lots of yelling. But being a cab driver with other cab drivers, I realized that we we're all in it together. And it kind of it, it really zenned me out like more than any other job I've had. Uh, so, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but one thing you did mention in your book is that I think before you got into jujitsu, uh, martial arts was like an outlet for anger. Um, and I think a lot of people get into martial arts because they want to fight. I was curious if you had a, any thoughts on that, especially given your current Zen like attitude. <laughs> My current Zen like attitude. I like that. I mean, maybe sitting on the beach here. So it's very, yeah. Very Zen like. <laughs> But it's really fucking warm. So I'm actually sitting on the beach right now and it does look quite sad, but I'm also like a dog in a car just burning here at noon. So I think I think it's definitely healthy. I mean, I think anything that puts you outside of your comfort zone uh, is really healthy physically and, and mentally because, you know, that's that's usually where you grow and where you fix things. Um, and of course, like fighting sports is, uh, is a very easy way to put yourself out of your your comfort zone because instinctually especially as a man i think that you you have this this fantasy that you can always like you can at least you can you think you can fight you know <laughs> because you're it's it's just a natural instinct to be that as a man you must be able to to fight to defend yourself but even the first the first day you step on the mat you realize that you can do nothing so very quickly you're you're out of your comfort zone and uh, and as you progress training then then competition is uh, is definitely the best way to kind of sharpen your your mind and your body. I, I have no doubt about that. So, so yeah, for sure. That's I think it's for myself. It's done uh, a a lot just training, but also even more competing. Um, that has helped me tremendously. Not that I had any problems or anything, you know. But but um, but yeah, just putting myself out of that comfort zone has been has been really valuable in in so many ways. So I definitely definitely recommend that to to anyone, even not necessarily to fix any problems, but just generally, you know, to build a strong mind and and body. I think competition is uh, is crucial. It doesn't have to be martial arts, but if you get locked in a cage with someone, then you you will learn to survive. So so. Uh, 
even just jujitsu competition is extremely valuable, man. That's and that's that's low risk. No one is going to try to punch you in the face. So, yeah, yeah. And one of the things I found most valuable about because I've done other combat sports before. I used to box growing up, but you don't spar every time you you box, right? I mean, mm-hmm. well, one thing that's cool about jujitsu is that you get to simulate combat every practice, every class, yeah. and it really you know it gives an opportunity to drop your ego because even if you did have this like idea oh i need to be i need to you know be a killer because i'm a man well you, you have enough sparring in in a, in a given week that it doesn't matter because you win and lose both of course yeah i mean it's not like jujitsu is a fix all for egos uh because there are some idiots in jujitsu as well and there's plenty of them um but it, i think it's definitely a healthy out- outlet for people training uh and even more comp- competition and um we all know as, as soon when you start training, you start taking better care of your body. You know, you, you become more healthy, you eat healthier and everything. And and even better if you sign up for a competition, the moment you sign up, <laughs> you will start to sleep more. You will start to uh, drink less. You will start to eat healthier. You will start to train more. It's just like a natural instinct because it, you put you set yourself up for a, for a situation where you have to survive, so to say. And obviously no one is going to die in jiu-jitsu competition, but but it's it's scary because uh, other monkeys are watching, you know, that you might lose and you might not live up to your uh, what w- what what you perceive to be your 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 potential and your level. So so in that sense, competition is is putting yourself out in deep waters. Like they're just like jump in the ocean and you better figure out how to swim to shore. You know. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I have my first competition uh, next month, and <laughs> it's been great. Oh, I'm nice. taking training so much more seriously, and it's That's like, what a, I mean. yeah, it's, yeah. Literally, literally, competition is the is is the best way for me to eat healthy. It's just if I want to eat healthy, I just sign up for a competition. I don't even, I don't, I don't even even think about how I'm going to do in the competition. But I just know from the moment I decide to go until the competition, I'm going to be so so much healthier as a human being. So, uh, so it's it's just a great little. Um, motivator for that yeah how often do you compete these days uh not oh, okay <laughs> because i am i'm i'm like a hobbyist dad and uh i live on a tiny island there's no competitions around and uh i travel a lot for the jujitsu camp so i don't really travel for you know and then there's family holidays and stuff so i don't really take uh-huh. like weekends out to fly to the u.s for a competition or something that would be bad Right. It's kind of been there, done that, you know. I mean, I did ten years where I did compete quite a lot and just trained and did nothing else. Um, if I if I have the opportunity, I always jump to it. I, I always I always take it. You know, anytime I have the opportunity to compete in anything, I will do it, uh, even just for for the fun of it. Like at the, we had a camp in Poland last month, and we had like a backhold wrestling uh, competition, which is like a like a traditional um, Celtic wrestling style. And I, I, I just have to sign up there. I can't not compete. Just even if I if I have no chance of winning, I don't even know the, the rules or anything. I think just for myself, my own rule is if there's a competition, I will sign up because I know it will, you know, it's always a good experience afterwards. And being scared and nervous and nice. and all that and, and think you're going to lose and you probably will and, you know, think you're not going to perform or you're going to suck, that's part of the process, you know? That's completely normal. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a nice kind of pressure. Like uh, on, on the podcast, I speak. I mean, don't speak about jujitsu much, but um, mm-hmm. like especially for modern people, I think men especially, there's not a lot of necessary challenges where you need to have that pressure. Like you kind of have to look look for it for your own mental health, if anything. So it's, yeah, it's great to have this kind of thing, simulated combat or whatever. Yeah, I, I mean, <clears throat> what else do you do for that? You know, like maybe bungee jumping or something. Do something like paintballs now and then you know some corporate trip <laughs> once a year or something you know where you push yourself but uh yeah i think finding that competition finding something that makes you that makes you nervous and afraid is very healthy for you, you just keep doing it until you're yeah. not afraid of it anymore i think that's the, i think you should always seek that out and jiu-jitsu competition is such an easy way to do that you know it's like it's low risk it's high intensity It'll make you take good care of your of your body, and you will you will become stronger because you're going to have to deal with with fear and uh, anxiety and uh, adrenaline and stuff. And uh, those are very valuable things to to kind of skills to build. I think, at least for me, it's been so. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so I'm curious about your, uh, like the business model, because it seems like uh, BJJ Globetrotters kind of just became, you were already doing these things and you kind of just made a lifestyle around it or a business around it. Uh, did it was it a, in the plans or did you just figure like, oh, I might as well create a camp and bring people here? No, I never had had any plans and I don't have any plans for the business. I don't have a business model and I don't have a business plan. I have no goals. I just do uh, whatever I think, uh, whatever I want. And then hopefully someone else wants to join me if it's fun enough, if I do a good enough job of, job of making it interesting. So <clears throat> that's the business model. Cool. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, that's pretty that much your it. basic approach to life in general. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I mean, I don't, I don't like to have any plans. I mean, if I don't, if you have to have plans, you have to have plans. But if you don't have to have any plans, then I don't think you should. You know? I mean, at least for me, I don't. I have no idea what Globetrotters is going to look like in six months. Right? There could be another pandemic. Who knows? Another, someone else makes a another bad soup that's so bad it breaks the world economy. You know, <laughs> you don't know. So, I could have had all sorts of business plans for this year, but I hope. I mean, you, don't, you have no idea. So. So I just yeah. take it like uh, I just take it a little at a time always, and the same the camp just kind of happened. You know, it's, if I find something fun that I want to do, then I try to do it as much as possible, and then maybe you know, I mean, it's it's just a matter of of uh, of the, the camps is just something that randomly also provides me some income. It's just one of, of hundreds and hundreds of, of projects and stuff that I do that. And then just it's just one of them that randomly also became kind of a job. So, uh, yeah, so I just try to do as much as I can and then just see what happens. And uh, and uh, if it's fun, usually other people want to join in. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I mean, looking at your stuff online, it's like, I mean, it was every, every time I would look at something of yours, I was like, man, it looks like he's having so much fun, <laughs> like, uh, like going to the <laughs> yeah. castles or whatever. Yeah. I mean, nothing else really makes, makes sense, right? You know, if you especially as what I used to say is like, if I need to remind myself about how, how I want to do these things, I just watch like documentaries on space and time. You know, it, even there's like, a, there's a very popular YouTube at the moment, YouTube video at the moment. I think it's like a, a time-lapse of the universe or something. Every time I watch stuff like that, then you just realize how infinitely small we are as individuals and how infinitely unimportant we are in, in the scope of everything. And uh, I think every time I realize that, then there's nothing, you know, nothing makes sense. And then just do whatever I want. So that's cool. what I try to do. Sounds very Taoist. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I have no idea. <laughs> but I have, I have no time to waste at least. So uh, that's what I feel like, you know, I could die from some, some strange virus next year. Yeah, for sure. Um, so you live uh, in the Caribbean most of the year or all, all year when you're not doing your um, retreats? Yeah, I live here all the year, all year round. I've been here for four years. How'd you end uh, up picking there <laughs> of all your locations? Uh, I, didn't, I didn't pick it. It was kind of random. It was, uh, I just, you know, I, I wrote that book about the, this round the world trip and, um, and uh, someone here read it and they said they don't have an instructor. So I was invited over to teach for a few weeks. And then I just kept coming back. And eventually I was like, yeah, maybe there's an opportunity to try something new because I had kind of cut down everything in my life and had like tried to own as little as possible, which included selling my, my academy in Copenhagen. And, and then the opportunity was kind of there. And I just thought, oh, I can't not try it. So, um, so we've been here for four years now and uh, really like it. It's very very small it's a nine thousand people island oh wow it's more like a it's more like a rock huh yeah that's uh yeah <laughs> my, my high school was uh, half that <laughs> yeah <That's crazy. laughs> yeah it's, it's an interesting just an interesting contrast i like contrast <clears throat> uh -huh. so are you the, still living kind of minimalist yeah i try it's it's a bit more complicated with kids because you need a lot of stuff you know mm -hmm. when i was just when I was just uh, when when I didn't have kids, then it was you'd, I, I just had a bit of clothes and a laptop. I think that was pretty much pretty much what I owned at some point. Um, with kids, it's a little bit more complicated. You need more things to make things work. Uh, but like from a personal point of view, I don't really have anything. Just a computer, camera, 
that's like it. I, I don't I don't like to buy things. It's also nice to live here because it's really difficult to buy anything. You can't mm. just <laughs> can't, it's not like you order anything online and it's there the next day. It doesn't work like that. You know? So it's really difficult to get into. But yeah, I try I try in general to to own as few things as possible. I think that's cool. uh that's 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 good because you know, as I mean it's a cliche, but anything you own will end up owning you and then right. Fight club. You can't really be, <laughs> can't even leave your things you know that's that's kind of weird if just like that things are holding you back so so yeah <clears throat> i try i really like that there's a there's a good really good book on this uh that i like was uh, early retirement extreme did you did you read that ever uh no i haven't it's it's a it's kind of a classic i recommend it it's really interesting but that's that's cool. an extreme extreme version of uh simple living early retirement um but i think that was really interesting it's kind of it's a little bit dry. It's written more like a university report than anything, but but uh, it's pretty cool. Huh. It's pretty interesting. Is that kind of like the I'm familiar with Mr. Money Mustache and like the Fire community? Uh, I did not read that. I just I just heard about the the name, but no, I, I haven't read that. Okay, I, I think it's a similar idea of like stripping down to essentials, so you don't really have expenses. And I mean, the guy retired yeah. when he was thirty or something on a regular income. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. possible, you know, you don't actually need that many things. But then again, humans need things. You know? so right. It's, it's part of uh, social recognition. Yeah. Uh, so you mentioned in the beginning, um, like the Globetrotters community uh, is like, I think you mentioned uh, share similar values. I mean, we spoke about some of them. Was there anything else that you found that like kind of brings your community together in terms of values? Uh, Um, I'm not sure. I just think I, I, I just saw a few things that I didn't like in how like jiu-jitsu groups organized, like usually affiliate, the business of affiliation, you know, it's very much based on, um, it's very much based on someone just selling recognition, you know, in terms of belt promotions or affiliations or logos or something. And I, I think it's what, what I experienced a lot from traveling is that, that, um, I mean, you never know who's going to be, who could potentially be your next best friend. You know, that's, that's definitely what I, I, I've experienced. And, uh, and, and very often um, what I see in jiu-jitsu is that people could build relationships based on one, one part of the relationship wanting something from the other part. Like, uh, that's very common in jiu-jitsu because it's usually one person up in the hierarchy who is... Uh, who is in a position to give something to the other person who is lower in the hierarchy. And uh, that goes on usually until black belt or until black belt second degree, because that second degree you can promote black belts yourself and then you really don't need your, your, your instructor anymore for any other than like putting a stripe on your belt every, every three years. Um, and I've seen a lot of people in like sad situations in jujitsu where they're kind of a, uh, they're kind of staying in bad relationships, even sometimes like abusive relationships with, with like, you know, psychopath or something. And they stay there because they really still want something from that person. And it's just a, an imaginary uh, belt promotion. And I think that's, that's been really sad to see that people are literally miserable and they still go train somewhere because they feel like they have to, so that they one day can get this belt and, and then they can escape this, this horrible relationship they're in, you know? And sometimes it's even, you know, as horrible as it is, it's like physical abuse or even sexual abuse and people still stay there because, because of this power, power dynamics between, between people. And, and, um, and I think that's important to speak up against, at least for me. Um, <clears throat> and, and I think a key, a, a key ingredient here is, is to build relationships that's, that's, not built, that's not based off of one person wanting something from the other person. Um, and that's what I try to do as much as possible for myself. And I think also try to kind of weave that into the culture of, of Globetrotters since I don't, we don't really get involved in belt promotions. You know, it's not like you go to the camps and then everybody gets it promoted or people sign up for the camp hoping that they will, they will also get, get their belt that day. I mean, it's, I, and, and also I, I, I don't put myself on a pedestal as an instructor. Uh, I try to invite as many instructors as possible at, at the camps because if there's only like two or three, then they, they will turn into some kind of weird gods at the camp and everybody's like wants to suck up to them. But if there's 30 instructors, then it's all just a bunch of friends who are on a holiday together. You know? um, mm. 
at least pulling a little bit more in that direction. And um, I don't like the the, the hero worship uh, that that happens in jujitsu a lot. And it will also be weird for me, you know, like if I, I as I used to say, my worst nightmare is if I show up to the camp and there's constantly like twenty five guys trying to buy me lunch and hoping for the next piece of tape on the belt. That would be absolutely nightmare. <laughs> Yeah, it's really interesting hearing you speak about it in the jiu-jitsu context because everything you're saying kind of applies to most of society, like people oh, yeah, in these transactional nature, relationships. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I've not, I've, I've not really been involved in the corporate world uh, only for a few years when I was really young, but I can imagine it's very much the, it's very much the same mechanics going on. Yeah, and so and with that, this might be my last question as well. Um, mm-hmm. So, like, I know you've had uh, you had like a recent or like Globetrotters is not accepted in uh, IBJJF anymore. Um, right. That that's still the case, right? Like, there's whatever that conflict. Yeah. Is. Yeah, I don't think there's. I don't think that's moving anywhere. So. Uh, okay. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's almost like a, it's almost like a microcosm for like this ideology of uh, not transactional relationships or not having these us versus them or this tribalism. Um, against like the olds or like the bodies that can kind of control the world like in jujitsu is ig bjjf but like in the world like most of the world runs on you know we call it corporate paradigm or whatever it is um do you have i mean i don't, I don't know do you have like a I, I kind of asked this earlier but do you think this could possibly sh- shift on a critical mass level or this this is just how the world is and those of us who want to go against it can live our own lives uh that's a great question. I, I have no idea. And also, if I, <laughs> I have, I don't think I have any authority to to know anything about that. I would hope so, you know. And I think I always find it interesting for myself to try and go a little bit against the the, the common perception of things. You know, I think you described it very well. That it's pretty much a, a micro battle of, of ideologists, um, ideologies, and. Um, yeah, I mean, I would hope that things would change and people would just like uh, loosen up more. But I, I also um, kind of uh, understand and respect that I'm coming from a different background and, and uh, I'm not trying to change the world or anything. But if some people want to think that that uh, that we can also do things in a different way, then I, I'm, I will be happy because then I can make a few friends, you know. I can yeah. also be friends with people who think believes different, but <laughs> but you know what I mean. I mean, it is what it is. It is it's it's the same as with the camps. You know, I will go, and if someone else will join me, then then we have a camp. If nobody else wants to join me, then I'll go alone, uh, because I still want to go. It's kind of the same thing. You know, it's like, mm-hmm. do you want to follow the old school IBJDF way of doing things of signing for paper forms and and like calling each other professors and and like having a hierarchy of who can prove. Uh, who and it's pretty much like a pyramid kind of multi-level marketing thing or should we try and see if things can work a little bit different and you know we can try and then if it works then it works if, if it doesn't work then it doesn't work and we did so we we built uh, something called beltchecker.com which is kind of a, a community of jiu-jitsu practitioners which is also like um, like a democratic kind of uh, community-based alternative to IBJJF where it's build verification is based on on trusted votes from the community more than uh, IBJJF saying oh, we are the federation and you must have signatures on our piece of paper and pay us money um, and that's just I, I think it's just interesting to try these things because you can go for decades and just uh, kind of accept status quo but if, if you don't try to see if, if you can do things a little bit differently, then you'll never find out. And I guess it's the same with club charters. It's just a, I didn't really like the way that affiliations were run. I think it could be done a little bit different. And, and you know, maybe nobody would have agreed and it would never have existed. But we are also now the biggest affiliation in the world, counting on how many uh, academies are involved. So, so in, in that sense, uh, yeah, you never know. But it's interesting, you know, try to go in a different direction and see if, if something can kind of be invented out of nothing. Yeah, and I really appreciate that about your movement because it's always harder to be the more laid back person because like the more uptight person can always shut down the play of the laid back person, but the laid back person is always going to accept the other thing. So it's kind of a one way yeah. where it would like the, the no goes one way basically. Yeah, yeah. And, and I mean, it's, it is what it is and not everyone will fit into the way I think that I would like things to be. Some people enjoy it. Uh, like hardcore hierarchy and, and, and tribal warfare, you know, it's, it's, 
human nature after all. You know, there's a reason why sports clubs are have huge fan bases that are that are fighting for their for their for their football team like it's fucking life and death, you know. Uh, it's completely normal and, and some people thrive in in military environment, you know, and I would just not do that at all. Uh, but then, you know, we're all different. So um, as long as we, there's room for everyone to create these different environments and, and then uh, see if, as long as there's a freedom and the room for that, then, uh, you know, people will have the opportunities to, to kind of fit in where they see they fit in. So I think that that's, mm. that's very important. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I definitely, yeah, I definitely appreciate your philosophy on these things. Um, I was going to ask you your, your plans for uh, uh, BJJ Globetrotters, but I guess you probably don't, especially given the year, right? Yeah, even without a pandemic, I have no plan, so mm. <laughs> I'll just... Um, but but are, are the camps going on this year? I, I thought I saw some are still going. Yeah, I mean, we've been kind of going with the flow this year, you know, and uh, some of them worked out, a lot of them did not, but uh, it is what it is. We just, we just do what we can, and uh, and uh yeah so we we managed to do uh like since march we managed to do four camps which has been extraordinarily fun uh especially since this year has been extraordinarily boring so um and then we had to postpone quite a lot um we have a camp coming up next month in arizona but who knows how how the world is going to look next month you know so yeah in america <laughs> we'll go with the flow and 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 we we uh we just kind of uh if it doesn't work out it doesn't work out and then we have dates ready to postpone it for another six months or so and then we try again and we just keep trying and there's really not much to do you know just then just wait and hope that people will will uh take the vaccine or whatever right right um, well, if people can find out uh, more at, at bjjglobetrotters.com, right? Uh, is there anywhere yeah. else you could point people to that they should check out? Uh, not really. I think bjjglobetrotters.com is probably the most interesting. Or, I mean, that's everything about that community. Uh, there's beltchecker.com, which is uh, it's been running for... Uh, we launched it in January. And... I think even in, in a pandemic times where nobody can train jiu-jitsu, we, it, it's done pretty well. We have more than 15,000 uh, registered users this year. So uh, that's a great project. Very democratic, very, very hippie, like uh, community-based uh, alternative to IBJJF. <laughs> and um, that's it. Otherwise, it's, I don't know. If anyone wants to come to St. Bart and for training, they can just show up any day. Message me on Instagram or something. I'm always happy to have visitors and... I just had this one guy here right now in America. I, I ran into the airport and the, he had a jiu-jitsu t-shirt on. So so we've been training a little bit and I took him on a guided tour of the island yesterday. So. Cool. Yeah. Always happy to have some visitors here. I might take you up on that at some point whenever traveling is easier. Anytime. Cool, man. Uh, yeah. Well, thank mm-hmm. you for taking the time. This has been great. Oh, my pleasure.